Hello. Good day. This is Brian Young. I'd like to invite you and to our China Biotech CEO podcast. Deadline is the leading pharma and biotech industry publication group. Pharma Intelligence has Scrape, PinkShift, MedTech Insights, Biotech MedTracker, Deadline, and BedMonitor, among others. If you have not checked it out, I encourage you to go to pharmaintelligence.informa.com. Our previous episodes include CEOs from leading innovative Chinese biotech companies from such as Jiangsu Hengrei, Cambridge. I encourage you check out past episodes on Himalaya and also other podcast platforms. Today, I'm so glad and honored to introduce our honored guests, Dr. Wen Huili. Dr. Li is a distinguished scholar and researcher and professor at a National Biotech Innovative Institute in Beijing. Dr. Li has devoted his research to anti-infectious disease, including hepatitis B, hepatitis C, and COVID-19. Today, it's my great honor to introduce Dr. Li to this episode of China Biotech Podcast. Dr. Li, welcome. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a great pleasure to have this opportunity to talk with you and your audience. Dr. as you know, uh, you have uh, research, been researched on this area for many years. In your opinion, what can you just briefly introduce your background to us first? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, I'm Wang Huili. I'm actually uh, an investigator at the National Institute of Biological Sciences, Beijing. And uh, I have been working on the virology field for a long time. And initially, I studied, uh, I did my um, doctor uh, PhD work uh, in Beijing, Peking Uni, Peking Uni Medical College, and uh, doing the vaccine studies. And then I went to Boston and I did my postdoc in coronavirus. There, uh, I worked with uh, Dr. Michael Fazan and Hyun Chu, and we discovered the receptor for the coronavirus, uh, the SARS coronavirus, SE2. Uh, and then I moved back to China in Beijing in 2007, and I established my own lab uh, at the NIPS. And uh, since then, I worked on the, uh, I've been working on the hepatitis uh, field and uh, basically hepatitis B and D. And, and in, in 2012, uh, we discovered the receptor for the hepatitis B and D, that is a liver by acid transporter, uh, uh, so-called sodium uh, toracolate co-transporting polypeptide, NTCP. Uh, and since then, uh, we worked on the mechanism of the viral infection, and we also developing uh, novel drugs against the infection. Uh, hopefully, uh, in the past um, uh, several years, uh, we had uh, a few of the uh, drug candidates uh, developed into the clinical trials. And uh, we are doing uh, this um, uh, development uh, for the hope uh, to deliver uh, novel drugs uh, against the infection of hepatitis B and D. Thank you very much, Dr. Lee. It's a very impressive uh, background. Um, and uh, you, uh, I, if I remember correctly, you said that back in 2012, you already uh, started your own lab here. In, and then you also um, uh, established or founded this uh, Huawei house. No, the company was founded by me and several other colleagues from NIPS uh, in uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, several years after we discovered the receptor for HPV and HDV. So 
yeah, it's not uh, two, 2012, but uh, 2015. Initially, it was actually, it was a virtual company. That's uh, with the help of the, uh, our partners of the CROs. And now we have the, uh, our, you know, we have the uh, uh, about uh, 200 people uh, in this company uh, working on the new drug development. As you said, this is uh, uh, based on your research. And how do you uh, think this, uh, uh, based on your uh, many years of research in this area, what do you think uh, your research will bring an impact to current uh, treatment uh, sets for HPV and HDV? Yeah, we hope that our discovery actually is so all of the basic discussion from uh, us and other uh, colleagues could uh, facilitate development of the drug development. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, it's uh, it's to develop a novel drug is very challenging. And uh, what we did is uh, solve the basic biology questions. And I think that's may lay a foundation for the uh, for antiviral drugs. Mm. Um, uh, as you um, you can understand, uh, to figure out the mechanism is just the first step, but a crucial step to develop uh, effective uh, therapies. So I think that uh, uh, our discovery on the entry process of the hepatitis B uh, could help us and others to develop a, a novel of mechanism. I mean. Uh, New drugs are based on the novel mechanism to facilitate the beta treatment of the hepatitis B and the D. Dr. Li, it's very uh, good to hear you that talking about the facilitation the, from the basic research to the new drug development, because it's really, as you mentioned, it's really tough for new drug development. It takes a more than 10 years and take the billions of US do dollars. Um, just allow me to go back to your uh, mentioned previous mentioned peptide, uh, the target. Uh, why do you think this target will be effective uh, in treating the, the HPV and HDV who are not uh, being uh, cured or treated effect efficiently right now? Yeah, that's a critical question that we ask ourselves for many times. Yeah, so that's, let's back, go back to the basic biology of hepatitis B. And uh, I think that's um, emerging or accumulating evidence showing that the why HPV cannot be cured by the current therapies, namely the nucleoside or the nucleotide analogs. Now, maybe there are several reasons, uh, but um, the basic biology of the um, chronic infection of HPV may be laying of the uh, the central reservoir of the virus, named the uh, uh, the CCCD9, that's a uh, mini chromosome of the virus genome. So, I and the but uh, the question comes uh, so when and where and how this reservoir. Well, it's established. I think that's a key question to be answered before all of the, before any of the uh, curative therapies uh, uh, to be developed. So uh, the receptor we identified first of all opens a door to study such a question, and then the receptor itself as uh, a key gate for the infection and the new infection of the virus. So it can serve as a target directly. And um, why this as uh, the infection and the new infection is important for a chronic infection? So that's um, that's a question we are studied, we have studying for so long time. But I think that um, the, uh, the, the direct answer is uh, because the virus uh, needs the infection and, and the reinfection to be long-term persistent 
and even even in the absence of the uh, uh, even in the absence of the um, uh, of uh, the new of any of the treatment, uh, I think that um, uh, the question regarding how the virus established uh, its uh, its reservoir. Uh, that's uh, uh, the scientist has been working on this for many time, many years, and now uh, there's uh, the answer. I think comes from two thoughts. One is um, the uh, CCC DNA itself is kind of stable. It can um, it's um, maybe live as long as the uh, the side the hypothesis uh, uh, itself. The other thing is uh, I think the very importantly, people has become realize that the um, infection or new infection can reactive the once silenced CSCD. We have some uh, direct evidence on this. So to block the infection and the new infection of the once silenced CSCD could play a very important role for curative uh, uh, therapy against the HPV infection. So if I uh, understand correctly, you research, you discovery, your uh, technology is going to target the, the directly to this uh, infection and the new infection mechanism uh, to block the, the virus from uh, activated or reactivated. Is that yeah, so the antibody we developed is against the pre-S1, so-called. Uh, actually, it's a region of the large envelope protein of the hepatitis B. And this region is critical for it to enter into the hypothesis because it engages the NTCP receptor directly. So by blocking of this interaction, we think uh, actually, we saw the direct evidence from preclinical studies that uh, the virus cannot infect the uh, target cells. And um, in addition, we have some uh, evidence to uh, show that um, that's the antibodies FC region that's the, uh, that's usually engaged of the immune systems can also engage uh, the immune cells and the two. Uh, in somehow in to to clean up of the infection by maybe uh, uh, maybe reducing the infection infected uh, the cell numbers uh, or the induce of the cytokines to silence the virgin expression. Perfect. I think uh, this is a very interesting uh, discovery uh, and also very sounds very promising. And how my question is, how do you transfer or translate this basic research from basic research to the new drug disc, uh, target uh, after you establish the Huawei house? Yeah, so uh, actually it took a long time for us to, to, to do this. Uh, we uh, after we discovered the receptor, of course, we wanted to establish a method or approach to block the viral infection. And uh, we actually uh, tried several approaches, including developing of the antibody against the, uh, the receptor itself. Uh, also, the, uh, also the small, uh, small molecules to target the NTCP. And, uh, and of course, the uh, antibodies against the um, pre-S uh, region of the uh, HPV L. L envelope. So we actually compared uh, uh, all of the uh, these approaches, and uh, we select uh, uh, we uh, we found that uh, targeting to the pre-S1 to be most effective, uh, and uh, we uh, worked with. Uh, actually, I worked with our colleagues um, uh, here. Uh, uh, in, at NIPS and also with other colleagues outside of the institute, and we uh, select uh, a large amount of the antibodies, and we characterized uh, 
the features of these antibodies uh, 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 from uh, many aspects and optimize the antibodies for for their for its drug ability, and eventually we develop an antibody we called uh, HS003 to be the leading compounds uh, for the treatment of the HBV and HDV. So it's uh, it's uh, not an easy task, and uh, it takes a lot of effort. And um, uh, I think so we are. Uh, we are lucky and uh, we are blessed. We were blessed to to obtain such a good candidate, and now that the antibody has been in, in the clinical trials. Yeah, Doctor Lee, why do you think antibody treating treatment for hepatitis B reminds uh, a med medical need? Yeah, so that's best. Uh, I think that's uh, the basically the hepatitis B infection and in uh, in China is still a major public health um, issue. So this, despite an uh, effective vaccine readily available, there are still tens of thousands of new in, uh, new HPV infections in China alone. The new infections are mainly through mother-to-child transmission mm -hmm. and usually progress to chronic HPV infection. Uh, globally, there are about 300 million people are currently living with chronic HPV infection, as you know. So uh, the infection uh, leads to uh, uh, the uh, liver inflammation and damage. Uh, uh, that's, uh, and the HDV, as we just mentioned, it's, uh, although it's a defective virus uh, and, uh, and only infect people in the presence of the HPV infection, but the, uh, uh, but the um, uh, co-infection with HPV and HDV leads to the most severe form of the hepatitis, uh, viral hepatitis. Um, and they can lead to a rapid progress to liver uh, disease. Uh, uh, there's no drug for uh, HDV uh, uh, except uh, one uh, in, in Europe, uh, and the drug is not available in China. Uh, they, of course, there are several drugs against the HPV infection. Mm -hmm. uh, although HPV infection can be controlled with these drugs, uh, usually they are, uh, the current antiviral drugs are very effective uh, and uh, with a uh, very good uh, safety profile, mm, uh, but, uh, uh, but mm, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, therapies cannot cure the viral infection. And uh, as we know, compared with the individuals who are not infected with the virus, people even with chronic infection, even without um, detectable viremia, I mean that under the treatment of the antivirus um, still have elevated uh, risk of HCC and other severe liver disease. So, uh, um, therefore, despite the significant uh, progresses in the development of the antiviral drugs against the HPV, the new treatment can cure the infection remains a significant unmet medical needs. Oh. This is that sounds very severe in terms of uh, the number uh, of infections and the uh, potential infections in both China and the world. Yeah. Like uh, you mentioned, 300 million. That's right. uh, this is really significant. And also you mentioned the city, although it's a city uh, safe for this antivirus, but uh, I think they just treated the symptoms, but not the cure. Right. Okay. Great. Dizzy. So, what do you think? Uh, even antibodies such as peptides or the drugs you are developing, uh, I think it's called HL003. Right. Right. Yeah. HL003. Um, why you want to focus on antibodies? Uh, because you know antibodies are biologics, and biologics usually cost more. Uh, so to develop and maybe prices are higher than small molecular like uh, antivirus. But uh, why do you think uh, antibodies are still necessary? Uh, 
for treatment or for yeah actually yeah the answer essentially comes from the problem i mean itself i mean that's um hpv infection is a tough nut to crack it's very difficult to i mean to cure the virus um i think that continuous research and development is needed uh, to to kill the virus um, uh, for i mean the chronic hpv infection um, and in fact uh, some progress uh, progresses have been recently made in the field for example uh, it uh, becomes uh, clear that clear that hpv infection and reinfection occurs in the liver of patients even under the most potent antiviral therapy, as I just mentioned. A block such a process uh, is consider, considered a critical gap to be filled. Mm. Antibodies offers new opportunities for this, and also to improving the current HPV treatment, and perhaps even lead to a cure of the viral infection. So I think that, um, uh, Yes, uh, uh, there are already some antivirals for the HPV infection, and they are safe and with good uh, efficacy for suppressing the, the, the virus. However, they do not cure the virus infection. Antibody drugs are indeed are more costly than the small molecules, but they have different uh, features and work, uh, work in different ways. Small molecules uh, directly target the virus and inhibit uh, its ability to replicate. Mm. They work inside of the cells. Mm. On the contrary, antibodies drugs usually do not enter the cell. The cells they target viral proteins mm. through its FAB region, and they can also engage immune systems through its FC region. Oh. And these uh, two functions collectively reduce or even eliminate the viral infection. So in the case of the HPV, the virus takes a unique strategy to persist. On one hand, uh, they form a mini chromosome reservoir inside the nucleus, as I just mentioned. And on the other hand, the reservoir itself is continuous, replenished, and sometimes reactivated by infection and a new infection. So the two functions of antibodies are particularly suited to address these two issues. So namely, the FAB uh, target uh, neutralize uh, the viral infection and the FC region clean up the reservoir with the help from the immune system. Currently, we are working, we are developing the zero uh, 3 as we just mentioned, uh, a, a therapeutic antibody against HPV and HDV. And uh, so they are both in, they actually, uh, we hope that the, the cure, cure two boards with one stone, <laughs> that's uh, come, the antibody can block the virus from entering the hypothesis and also reduce the numbers of infected liver cells. Wow, that sounds very promising and wonderful. Indeed. Because yeah, yeah antibodies really not only cure the, the infections, but also have a more uh, give the more immune booster or immune protection right. to the to the person. Engage the immune system. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's um it works uh, more indirectly, but engage for more powerful the immune system to to reduce or suppress the, or clean up the infection, yeah. Uh, as a scientist, do you think in the future we would uh, use more antibodies like your drug to treat HPV infections than antivirals, or it's going to be side by side, or maybe even combination? Yeah, I, I think that's a good, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's. Um, I think uh, in many ways they are company, um, 
planetary for each other. Uh, yeah, that cannot replace each other. Uh, for the uh, since the uh, antivirus, uh, small molecules have its own advantages. It's cheap. It's, uh, it's oral, and uh, it's um, readily available. Uh, but it cannot uh, usually it can just uh, target to one target. So for it, particularly in a virus field, uh, uh, so the target is um, um, is clear and uh, it's, it has it has no effect on the immune systems. Uh, if the immune system function and uh, is important for the control of the viral infection, then the small molecules usually. Uh, uh, has not much of the um, effect uh, on the country. Uh, uh, on the country, so the uh, uh, the antibodies are maybe not as potent as the uh, small molecules for the direct antiviral effect, but it has advantage uh, um, uh, over the small molecules uh, uh, for its uh, broadly or the engagement engagement of the immune systems. So I do not think that in the foreseeable future that the, uh, the, the antibodies would, uh, I mean, uh, replace the, uh, the uh, small molecules, uh, but they, they need to work side by side and uh, in different large fields, they may play a different role. Very sorry. I really think it's going to be the future uh, for the uh, treatment in the future that uh, could be side by side yeah. or even used in different ways. Yeah. But antibodies definitely uh, is a very promising uh, uh, treatment. What do you think your next uh, milestone for your research clinical trials or uh, maybe some uh, new partnerships yeah, I, yeah, I think that um, the, by moving to the next steps, uh, we need to think more about the advantage of the, the our antibodies uh, or, or the how our antibody therapy differentiate from others. Uh, maybe I put a few words here. Uh, I think that the therapeutic antibodies we develop are zero three, uh, the, the mechanism of action is uh, uh, different from other treatments. Uh, for example, as we said, just mentioned that small molecules directly targeting to the uh, virus uh, enzyme and uh, the PAG interferon in the field, uh, in particular in China, and some part of the world for the treatment of the uh, HPV that boosts the immune system response uh, to the virus and uh, new drug candidates uh, such as oligo um, oligonucleotides including uh, the antisense oligonucleotides uh, ASOs mm -hmm. and the small interferon SIRNAs uh, can specifically target HPV RNA and lead to viral um, RNA degradation. So uh, zero 3 has different but possibly uh, complementary MOS to NUCs, uh, PAG interferon and other such as oligonucleotides uh, drugs. Um, in brief, as uh, we just mentioned, it targets um, to the PRIAS1 region and engages uh, the immune systems and um, uh, uh, functions uh, through blocking the uh, viral uh, entry, as well as uh, uh, engage the FC region to mediate the by the uh, uh, antibody uh, uh, dependent uh, ADCP and ADCC, etc. Uh, from a disease uh, biology and uh, a virologic perspective, I think to achieve a cure or a functional cure of HPV, it would be necessary to um, uh, three uh, modality or well, three aspects. The first of all, to Importantly, suppress viral replication inside the cells, and at the, at the same time, to block ongoing viral infection and reinfection, which cannot be accomplished by current uh, anti-drugs, and uh, all partially accomplished by current uh, uh, 
drugs such as antacri and tenofi, and then uh, engage the immune system to clean up the infection reservoir. The unique uh, feature of 003 make it uh, a promising candidate in HPV curative therapy uh, to maximize uh, the potential of uh, antivirus efficacy of 03. As you mentioned, that uh, is just so. It's uh, the antibody may also work uh, in combination with other drugs in pursuing that's uh, the functional uh, cure of HPV. So uh, we are uh, active developing the 003. Uh, there are two of the um, two ongoing phase 2A clinical trials for H, uh, for 03 in cr chronic HPV patient. Uh, one is to evaluate safety and antiviral activities of 03 in combination with NUCS, um, which has the potential to provide a more effective and durable treatment options for a chronic HPV infection. And the, um, the other one is in combination with uh, NUCS uh, and the interferon alpha. So we are evaluate the safety and the antiviral activities uh, of uh, zero, uh, 03 in combination with the nukes uh, in, uh, and the interferon as, uh, as, um, um, as a combination therapy. And, and in this case, the interferons um, play a, a amplifier a, a role for the for to enhance uh, the functionality of the zero 03. And uh, we, as uh, a progress, uh, uh, the trials are moving forward uh, smoothly, and uh, um, both studies will have extreme uh, uh, results in the middle of this year. So we, we of course, uh, we are interested uh, in working with our colleagues or other companies uh, in the field to develop this uh, asset. Dr. Lee, that's very uh, interesting to hear uh, what you are doing and the, the progressing you are making. Um, do you think because of the COVID-19 situation, this HPV, HPV uh, has been somehow ignored during the last three years? Now it should be put back in the agenda. <laughs> you are right. So, you know, so we are now almost at uh, post um, Post uh, um, pandemic area, and uh, I think so, uh, that's. Uh, you and I, I don't wear mask. That's a very good sign. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, you know that uh, HPV infects uh, more people than um, those infected by HIV, HCV, and other several other ones combined together. So before the COVID nineteen. So uh, fortunately, uh, we have the good vaccines uh, against uh, the uh, COVID uh, and also the effective drugs. And uh, to me, the coronavirus infection is relatively easy to handle. Uh, but the uh, chronic infection of HPV is uh, is a big challenge. And uh, now we turn our focus uh, on the HPV program. Uh, and hopefully, uh, so our program somehow was delayed <laughs> due to the situation of the uh, of the COVID uh, during the past three years. Uh, but uh, now we, uh, I think, we are on the uh, we are on the uh, on the uh, quick line, and uh, uh, we think that uh, the program will move on uh, fast. How do you think your COVID-19 treatment? Uh, you also have uh, some potential candidates? Yes, yes. We we developed. Uh, I think that we are actually we are we are very proud of our uh, the COVID program as well. Since uh, we developed a very unique nasal spray uh, anti-COVID SARS-2, mm -hmm. uh, and we call it uh, HH120. It's actually an RGM-like um, recombinant uh, SE2 fusion um, protein. 
And I, I, I know I see it very well since uh, I worked with my mentor and our colleagues back to 2003 for several years. And um, um, it's, um, yeah, the experience was very helpful to develop uh, 120, the drug against uh, uh, SARS-2, which mm-hmm. used the same receptor uh, as the, the SARS virus itself. So, um, uh, 120 functions as an entry inhibitor uh, by competitively uh, binding to the S protein of SARS-2 and uh, inactivate the S protein, thereby preventing its binding to the receptor ICE2 and the infection of the target cells. Um, um, 120 can also engage in immune function since it also has a FC region. And it, this helps to accelerate the viral clearance. The drug is uh, to be uh, uh, used as a nasal spray or, or inhalation uh, to prevent or treat SARS-2 viral infection. Uh, so uh, during the past three years, uh, we worked, uh, uh, we, uh, we made a big progress, I think, that uh, on this drug development. Um, and now the drug is uh, close to the uh, phase three in clinical trial. And uh, as uh, compared to other anti-SARS-2 antivirus, uh, uh, 120 has uh, several advantages. Uh, first, uh, 120 is a full-spectrum antivirus and can effectively neutralize all types of ACE2-dependent viruses, This in, in including as a SARS virus uh, and some animal virus uh, that use S2 as the receptor. Of course, the uh, SARS-2 virus and all of these muta- mutants and, uh, and variants. And that uh, that's, uh, design itself ensures that its antiviral effects uh, for all non, all the, or maybe emerging new ones of the SARS-2 in the future. So, it's, uh, it's broadly uh, uh, neutralizing. And second is, uh, is uh, the drug is uh, administrated uh, uh, locally and directly acts uh, on the virus in the uh, respiratory tract, tract and which can uh, potentially lead to a faster viral clearance and a reduction of the symptom. So, from our clinical trials, we can see the clear trend of this. And third, and the one turn here is a super safe because it's very large. It's about one thousand um, kD, and with a di- with um, diameter of the forty nanometer. So it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's maybe halfway of the uh, of the uh, the virus itself. And it has uh, 10 of the SE2 in one molecules. So it has very high ability and potently and, and very potent um, to, 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 uh, to neutralize the virus. But uh, uh, the, the good thing is uh, as, uh, because it's very large, it's, it, has, it has no systemic exposure. In other words, it does not enter into the blood. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, this offers a very good uh, safety, mm-hmm. and since uh, you do not concern about the once it's into the blood, it may mess up and um, uh, etc. Uh, and this was uh, this uh, uh, one twenty cannot uh, get into the blood, so it's uh, only works uh, in the local, and uh, it has also minimal. Uh, chance uh, to develop anti-drug um, uh, antibodies. So it's um, it's very convenient, it's very potent, and it's uh, uh, and it's very uh, safe. So and we need a nasal spray a bottle, so you can just carry it when you're traveling, or so when you f- feel there's uh, there's some uh, COVID around. <laughs> so it's um. Offers convenient. Um, so, doctor, is this developed for the treatment or developed by support preventative care? Yeah, in both areas. So, we have the, the preventive uh, uh, 
Uh, they, they, are, uh, they, uh, they are developing this uh, post-exposure preventive medicine. So uh, it's a phase three study. Uh, it's, uh, it's about to start. And they also uh, uh, develop a, a therapeutic drug for the mild disease. And it's on the phase two. Uh, and um, in both uh, areas, uh, the, uh, our previous, I mean, uh, our pilot studies uh, have shown that uh, this uh, 120 has very good uh, efficacy and excellent safety profile. So we hope that can, that can be eventually developed and uh, offer option for the people who, are, who need it. What do you think uh, the the best patient group or suitable patient group for you at one twenty? Yeah, so I think that yeah, that's a that's a question we ask ourselves from the first day we develop such a molecule. Since we wanted to differentiate from others, I think that um, uh, it's different from the antibodies. Because antibodies, as you know, are prone to renew its cap for, from the variants of COVID-19. So we believe that the antibodies we all lost their efficacy over the over time when the virus involves. It also different from the small molecules um, because small molecules may cause drug resistance and all be not be suitable for the elderly. Uh, this underlying disease uh, for the uh, not suitable for the um, uh, pregnant women, uh, children, patient, uh, or uh, taking other medications uh, uh, due to the drug-drug uh, interactions risk. So this, uh, I mean, this um, uh, people I mentioned, they are uh, all they are all suitable to use this nasal spray of the Ventani, uh, uh, since as uh, we just talked about, they are safe and effective. Uh, I think that's um, uh, at least for this patient, uh, that's Ventani uh, um, can offer a, a reliable option for prevention or treatment of the, the disease. Of course, uh, nasal spray is not used for for the for you if if somebody gets uh, the pneumonia already. So that's uh, um, except that for the mild disease uh, and to reduce the symptom or prevent uh, uh, infection uh, for for oneself or to uh, use this drug to uh, stop the spread of the virus. No, so. Uh, it's, it's, uh, recently, it's, uh, the drug is useful. Yeah, not only protect yourself, but protect your family and your colleagues from infection if you are infected. So, so and remember, understand correctly, uh, you are developing this more for preventative care and to prevent uh, light symptoms from developing into severe symptoms. Yeah, that's uh, actually that's a regulatory pass. Uh, as um, we have two regulatory paths. One is for the prevention, um, and specifically, it's a post-exposure prevention. It's not only for long-term prevention like the vaccine. Since once you get a vaccine, it may be a vaccination. You may be prevented for for the infection for maybe half year or something like that. But for the uh, one twenty. It's for it's more like uh, for um, for the um, emergent um, prevention. Uh, if you get into if you uh, uh, I mean walk into a meeting room and uh, there's um, some somebody was infected and uh, uh, you can just prevent yourself by spray nasal spray. Yeah, mm. and uh, um, the good thing for this nasal spray is. Uh, it works against uh, all of the variants, so you are very free of the of the mutations. And so whichever the virus, as long as it's COVID or it's associated with us, it will be effective. And this will be also be useful in uh, hospital settings. For example, if somebody 
is going to be a, a, get an emergency surgery. So uh, actually, this is a real world case. <laughs> we were asked yeah, to, to provide one time. The case is uh, the, the people are get an uh, accident and need to be uh, under uh, uh, operation. And um, but um, once uh, he gets into the uh, hospital, that's uh, his nearby um, um, bed and patients are, 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 are COVID positive. So so uh, the patient needs to be pre prevent from infection for for the for the for the surgery. And in other cases, as uh, in some patients, uh, in the, since we are mainly working on the liver disease. Uh, you know that some patients uh, have the um, severe disease of the uh, cirrhosis, and uh, and uh, other uh, other they, they need to be treated, uh, but they cannot take the uh, antivirus, the small molecules, because many of the uh, they have the uh, they are not suitable to take the small molecules. Uh, this kind of the another spray can also provide an option to prevent the infection in the short term. And for the treatment, I think that has a more broad scope and it's effective, it can effectively reduce the, 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 the time for the viral clearance and also the symptom. So you do not have to feel too bad so even you get the, the virus, it's, um, um, many, uh, that's what we hear but from the, our colleagues in hospital, uh, they conduct the clinical trials. I just wonder, speaking of differentiation, uh, I want to go back to uh, the previous antibody for HBV, uh, Dr. Lee. Uh, what uh, are your main competitors uh, out there, and uh, how how do you think uh, you can compete with them effectively? Uh, you mean that uh, in general speaking, no antibody. The antibodies. Yes. Yeah, I think that uh, antibody therapy is um, is an emerging, is kind of emerging field for the treatment of uh, of HPV since. Uh, you know that's uh, several years ago. Back to, uh, to that time, people think that they, maybe it's it's uh, it's, um, it's best to have a pill, and um, that's that's that 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 was right. But a pill cannot cure the, the disease. So so we have to turn back to some uh, more uh, I mean more potent uh, therapies like the antibodies. Uh, as far as I know, there are several companies that are developing the anti-HPV uh, uh, antibodies therapy. And uh, our, there, there are three is clearly differentiated from uh, most, if not all of them, uh, because it's targeting to the creas uh, one region of the, uh, of the amyloid protein, uh, which is uh, uh, with, uh, in the adjacent, but not overlap with the receptor domain, sorry. And uh, uh, most of the other antibodies target to the S region. So it's uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, it sounds a similar uh, mechanism, but um, from my point of view, uh, it's very different since uh, the S antigen or the S particles in the patient's serum is of high abundance. And uh, the, the antibodies are tied to this region, not only uh, is, uh, is um, complicated by the decoy effect, but also it has the potential risk of the uh, immune complex, uh, which cannot be seen easily since um, this uh, would happen in the, in, in the organs. And um, um, this, uh, this is, uh, this is a potential problem. Now, other problems are, are related to the S antibodies as uh, mutations, since the S region can can be escaped, and uh, there are some cases already. So, um, uh, our zero three 
uh, is different from the S targeting antibodies. And uh, I think, mm, of course, it remains to be seen. And so, which antibodies will, uh, in the long run, to the uh, to to help the uh, to reach the goal of the HPV cure, but uh, we are confident that the uh, 3 a is a good choice, and uh, we are um, we are encouraged by the what we have seen in the clinical trials of this antibody. Last question, Dr. Lee. I promise. Uh, I know you are busy. Um, I know you have published the research paper uh, a while ago. Uh, however, you just uh, awarded for this uh, award, science award, recently uh, for this uh, uh, technology development and the the the, tech, uh, the innovation. Uh, how how do you think uh, made in China or Chinese uh, research can be recognized widely uh, outside China? What do you think? Uh, what we uh, need to do to make people more recognize uh, make, uh, the innovation in China can be applied worldwide. Yeah, I think the, as long as uh, solid and uh, truly innovative work, it can be, it will be recognized uh, worldwide sooner or later. So. I do not think there's, uh, there's any problems uh, for publishing a work a while ago, or maybe two years ago, and then get recognized. There's no problem. And I think that what we here in China, the scientists should uh, pursue the real question and to provide the solid answer to any of the, to the important scientific questions. And um, I hope the scientists, um, uh, I mean, our colleagues in China can make more contributions to scientific uh, community uh, and to the human beings. Uh, and I believe uh, they will, uh, as, as, um, as the, you know, that uh, the government and the society is very supportive uh, to the scientific research. Uh, for the good, uh, not only to Chinese people, but to the human kind in general. So, and um, um, I think it's, it's real. This will happen. Thank you very much, Dr. Lee. You're it's welcome. A real pleasure. My pleasure too. Thank you. Thank you.